this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price, coming to you from Book Riot, and this is episode 288.5. This week, I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great books about women deciding to go out, get a life, and to find romance along the way. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Diana Dixon has a busy summer and no time for tall, gorgeous hockey player Shane's shenanigans. Because you know what? If they shenan once, they'll shenan again. So she thinks she knows exactly who he is when he moves into her apartment building. But turns out Shane's sick of hookups and tired of being on the rebound after his long-term girlfriend called it quits. But when his ex comes back into the picture, he needs a plan. And who better to play his new girlfriend than his sassy new neighbor? So a fake relationship might be perfect for Diana's own ex issues, but Diana is used to living by the rules. Will she learn that when it comes to love, rules are meant to be broken? Make sure to check out The Dixon Rule by L. Kennedy. L. Kennedy is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author with over a million copies of her books sold. So this is going to be another banger, y'all. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Gallery Books. So Anna Green thought she was marrying Liam West for access to subsidized family housing while at UCLA, which is an interesting reason to marry someone, but you know, in this economy. So anyway, she signed divorce papers when the graduation caps were tossed and she thought she was done. At She wasn't. Three years later, Anna is a starving artist living paycheck to paycheck while West is a Stanford professor. Now, he is part of a conglomerate. His family owns this mega grocery store chain. He's not interested in working for them, but he is interested in those greenbacks, honey, that come in the form of a $100 million inheritance. To get it, he has to be married for five years. That's where our girl Anna comes back into play. So the two will fake a marriage, but as he gets to know her and gets to appreciate the feisty, foul mouth, paint splattered girl that she is, he'll begin to wonder if the money is worth the love of his life. Pick up The Paradise Problem by Christina Lauren to find out if it is. And thanks again to Gallery Books for sponsoring this episode. All right. So I'm really excited about these two books because they are like surprisingly similar and they're really great read-alikes for each other, despite the fact that they were written and published nearly a century apart. They're both romantic and fun, and they play on the popular trope of a woman who decides to go out and make major changes in her life and discovers romance along the way. So I do want to give a short content warning for chronic illness and terminal diagnosis before we dive in. 
All right, so my first pick is The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery. And yes, the same L.M. Montgomery who wrote Anne of Green Gables. Most people know her for that series or for Emily of New Moon. Um, she wrote so many great books for children and adults. And this is one of her books for adults. So The Blue Castle is about 29-year-old Valency Sterling, who lives with her horrible mother and cousin. And she has a fairly miserable and very wealthy extended family who are just very unpleasant people in general. And they really seem to delight in making her miserable and ordering her about. And Valency is no great beauty, and she has a cousin who is very beautiful and who is engaged to a successful man, and she's constantly being compared to this other cousin. And also, this book takes place in the 1920s, so Valency really is considered an old maid with just no prospects in life, and her family kind of considers it their duty to just order her around. Valency, for her part, is pretty meek, although she does have a very rich inner life and she definitely resents the way her family treats her, but she also has not found the courage to do anything different. Until one day she is feeling a bit strange physically and she's noticing some odd symptoms in herself and she knows that if she goes to the family doctor, the family doctor will tell the family what's wrong with her and that she even went to the doctor in the first place because keep in mind, 1920s, privacy laws weren't really a thing. So Valency, out of like one little small act of rebellion, decides to go see a different doctor in town who won't go and tell her family her business. At this doctor's appointment, um, he gives her this really, really alarming diagnosis and basically tells her, you have one year left to live. Now, obviously, most people would be horrified and devastated by this news, but not Valency. She is very shocked, but she takes this moment as an opportunity to reassess her life. And she decides not to tell anybody in her family because they would try to coddle her and, and just order her about the way they always do. And she decides that, you know, if she's got one year left to live, she's going to say and do whatever the heck she wants. And that is exactly what happens. And it's really, really funny and very gratifying to watch her talk back to her family and challenge them on, you know, all of the silly, ridiculous and absurd things that they force upon her. You know, she's sarcastic, but she's not cruel. She really just is good at pointing out how ridiculous they are. And her relatives are just so stumped, they don't even know what to do. They truly think that she has lost her mind. Um, but Valency is just getting started. So she gets a job taking care of another young woman in town who um, has a father who is also sort of a disreputable um, means. And this woman is chronically ill. So Valency decides, you know, I'm going to go take this job taking care of her. And she actually lives outside of her family home for the first time in her life. And she loves the freedom. She likes the work. Um, she really connects with um, the people that she's taking care of and living with. Um, she embraces her love of nature and the forest that she's living in. And she begins to flirt with a man that she knows her family would definitely not approve of because he is poor and he lives in this cabin deep in the woods. Um, but Valency's life is once again turned upside down when, um, through a series of events, she actually enters into a marriage of convenience with this man. And life is actually pretty fantastic, except there's the whole is issue of this pesky diagnosis 
from the very beginning of the novel, and it really challenges Valency's happiness. Also, her new husband's keeping secrets as well. So she really has to figure out how she's going to live out her days on her own terms, but also take hold of that happiness that she's found. And this is just, it's such a delightful book. And I know I've set it up to sound tragic, but please keep in mind, this is a romance. It's also Ella Montgomery. So, you know, infer what you will from that. Um, This book made me laugh. It's really an easy read. I know a lot of people are always asking me for like overlooked classic recommendations. Definitely read this book because it's, it's a book that is delightful and and it reads of its time, but it isn't thick and hard to get through. It's genuinely an uplifting story with some really clever twists that I didn't see coming. And I actually picked this book up for the first time at the height of the first wave of lockdowns when I was in a major, major reading slump. And this book just busted me out of that. So if you're looking for something happy, romantic, uplifting, funny, Um, The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery. Can't go wrong. And so my second pick is much more modern, and that is Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. And in many ways, this book is pretty similar to The Blue Castle, just replace devastating health diagnosis with chronic pain and illness. So Chloe Brown is a 30-something woman who is in pain most of the time, and she's living with a chronic illness that doctors can't really explain and took a really long time to identify and try to make sense of. So she's, as a result, had to get really good at knowing her physical limitations, structuring her days around her physical abilities, and knowing how to manage her pain. Throughout this process, that means that she went straight from university to going back and living in her parents' house. Um, she also has lost a lot of friends and people in her life who haven't really understood, you know, why she is the way she is physically. They don't understand that she's not making things up. She's not making excuses. Like she's really, really in a lot of pain. But the one bright spot is that her family supports her fully. And even though they don't completely understand what's causing Chloe's pain, they're there for her. So one day, Chloe's out for a walk and trying to get some exercise, and she very nearly gets hit by a drunk driver. This happens at the very beginning of the book. And it scares her so much that she decides that she needs to get a life. She needs to make some changes. So her first order of business is moving out of her parents' house and into her own apartment. And that is where she meets the super of her new building, who is a man named Red, who's an artist. And he's kind of got his own secrets and things that he's running from. Red really does not like Chloe at first. He looks at her and sees a very rich, posh, snobby woman. And he doesn't really get the whole picture. And Chloe, for her part, um, is also a little bit pushy sometimes because sometimes she just has no patience for for people who don't work with her and don't understand where she's coming from. She also is working on her get a life plan. And one of the things that she does is makes a list of things that she feels that she's missed out on. And that includes riding a motorbike and having wonderful but meaningless sex, um, traveling with just a carry on, going camping, just to name a few. And Red can help Chloe with the motorbike bit because he he has one. And so once he helps her with that, 
they really do find themselves drawn to one another. And Chloe lets him in on a few other tasks on the list. Not all of them, of course. And Red is totally intrigued by her, by this list. And their attraction is just like very, very palpable on the page. So he agrees to help her. And they set out on some very, very sexy adventures. But as they are going about the book and these challenges, they also... Um, you know, feel very attracted to one another, but making it work as a real couple might actually be the biggest challenge of them all. I thought this was a very funny, very relatable book. It's very sweary, so if you don't like profanity, maybe not the best pick for you, but I thought it was well done and well written. I love that Chloe feels like a very real protagonist, and even though I don't live with chronic illness the way she does, I I really did feel myself relating to her a lot as a character. Uh, I also think that the conflict between Chloe and Red was really genuine, and it was really based on their own misconceptions about, you know, life, other people, their paths, and how they see themselves and others. So as a result, it was really just a joy reading this book and seeing them work through those issues and become better people and come together. So that is Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. And honestly, you cannot go wrong with either of these books. So that is it for me today, book nerds. I hope you're all staying safe this weekend and that you are well stocked with books. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of all the books that I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoy this podcast, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other book lovers find us. And thank you so much to our sound editor, Jen Zink. If you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. I will be back later this month on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with some more backlist recommendations. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.